You're listening to a CFCC audio podcast. For news and service times, visit www.cfccnet.org. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are super excited that you are here to worship with us this morning. We have a very encouraging sermon from Dale today about the joy of getting back in the black of financial security and getting out of deck. So uh, we can't wait to show you that. While you are greeting the people around you, we have a special song for you to enjoy uh, because of it. See if you uh, recognize it. Go ahead and stand and greet the people around you. What a way to start the service. Uh, we do have a few announcements for you. Uh, the first announcement is that we have a blood drive happening today in the gym. And in the light of the recent tragedy in Santa Fe, uh, people are always asking, how can I help? How can I help? The, the blood drive has specifically told us that a lot of the blood they're collecting today is going to restock supplies from treating those victims. So if you have some extra time today, go down to the gym. They will walk you through the process. It's really easy. We hope you have some time to donate. We also want to call your attention to the bulletin. You'll notice it's in a little bit different format today. It highlights a number of life group opportunities. Uh, We're signing up through June 3rd, and one of the things that we're excited about is that during the summer, we have some social groups. We have some groups uh, like a Wednesday men's basketball group. We have a group uh, that is painting instruction. Um, We have a group that's a supper club, and the supper club is really cool because it's designed for people that are maybe newer to SciFair Christian Church to start building relationships and get connected to some of those people uh, that are in church with you. So we hope that you take advantage of some of these opportunities. You can go to the website for more information on how to sign up. There's some sign-ups right out here. So we hope that that will benefit you. And then lastly, we want to encourage you to visit the Children's Discipleship webpage and the Student Discipleship webpage. Uh, We have a lot of summer events going on. Uh, The first big one that comes up for each of us is uh, Tanglewood Christian Camp is coming in June. Uh, For kids that are going to be in first grade through fifth grade or sixth through eighth grade, we have camp opportunities for them. And all the information to sign up is on those web pages. And if you sign up by next Sunday, you save a significant portion on the registration fees. So we really encourage you to go there. Okay. Um, and, and now as we kind of transition to our time of worship today, uh, I want to think about some of God's word in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Um, We have the the familiar passage, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And so as we worship today, we're excited about the fact that the risen Christ is here with us. And, And as you worship, we pray that this is a time that you feel the community of him with us, and that you are blessed by what we learn today, and that because of that, you bless your community in return. Good morning. Last uh, Sunday, when, uh, when Dale closed his sermon, um, he left us with some words, uh, which was a prayer, which was a request for us. And I don't know if you remember it, but it went like this. God, show me how to honor you with everything I have. And I believe in order for us to do that, we have to have the eyes of God. We have to pray and ask God for us to see the world and see his people the way he does. Um, how many of you listen to Christian music? Probably a lot of you. I listen to a lot of songs, and sometimes I do like the beat, right? I like the tune. It's a good tune. It's catchy. 
But every now and then you listen to a song and you hear the words. And there's a song that's probably about 10 years old that I've heard two or three times over the last several weeks. And the chorus goes like this. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see. Everything that I keep missing, give me your love for humanity. Give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Give me your eyes so that I can see. I believe if we'll pray like that, that God will show us what we need to do, how we need to give, how we need to live, how we need to pray. So my prayer for this church is that he will give us his eyes. He will allow us to see the world the way he sees it. And he will allow us to be, and he will commit it. He will cause us to be committed in a way where we're obedient to him. Let's pray over these offerings this morning. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Father, for, again, the privilege you give us to give to your work. I pray, Father, that this morning these offerings that we give to you, Father, that uh, you would receive them, that you would receive our worship as, Father, we give joyfully to you, not out of uh, guilt, not out of uh, necessity, but, Father, because we love you, because we see the world the way you see it, and we see opportunities where we can make a difference. Father, bless these offerings, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, uh, as was mentioned earlier, we are in the midst of a series on money, balanced, and uh, learning how to be good stewards of the resources God has given us. And so this morning, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to sing a little Joe Diffie. So sing along with me if you know it. sale downtown yesterday word got around no money down take years and years to pay when i got there the lot was bare but the salesman said hold on for a little cash got a two-tone dash out behind the barn if the devil danced in empty pockets he'd have bought mine with a nine foot grand a ten-piece band and twelve girl chorus line I'd race in a three-piece suit in one dance for nine. If the devil dancing in their pockets, he'd have a ball in mine. Nothing like Joe Diffie and ACDC in the same service, right? (laughs) Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. How many of you you guys knew that song? All right. Kevin told me about this song. I've never heard that song, Kevin. Look at Dan. (laughs) You know, but um, hey, it it is fun. You know, there's a line in it. They say that debt is a bottomless pit where the devil likes to play. That's kind of interesting. Then the next line, I'd sell, Kevin said myself, that's not what the song says, my soul to get out of this hole, but there'd be hell to pay. Um, Fun song, serious subject, is it not? Are you living in the red? Are you living in the black? You know, that's really the subject today. I don't know of any more depressing subject to be preaching on. That's a serious matter. Uh, There's not much fun in it. Um, But before the message is over, if you will not check out, I promise, um, we will connect debt with the hope of the gospel. It's not a reach, guys. It's really a short trip. It started just as God's story goes from Genesis to Revelation. So does God's heart for his people to glorify him in everything they have and everything they are. That's where we'll end today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is truth. 
Father, we pray that you would teach us. Father, we ask you to to teach us about parenting, to teach us about growing in our faith, to teach us about marriage, to grow us in character, to bear the fruit of the spirit in our life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Father, we ask you to grow us as stewards Grow us as investors in your kingdom work. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be a part of the greatest story of all. And Father, we thank you that we are part of the supporting cast and you are the star. Father, may we honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the first Sunday I pulled this thing out, um, that week we had an elders meeting and one of the elders asked me, said, are you going to do that every week? And I thought, oh, I don't know the, you know, what he's looking for here. And I said, yes, I am. He says, good, because I, I think it keeps people's attention. You know, it keeps people engaged. So let's go over this again. If you're a guest here, um, we've not lost our mind and we don't worship money. Okay, I promise. And um, God wants something for you. God does not want something from you. Did you hear that? That's critical. If you hear that statement, it's going to tie together everything that's said. God wants something for you. God does not want something from you. You see, God owns everything. God is not poor. Quite honestly, God doesn't need my money. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't. He's God. He's God. But you see, he wants a blessing for you that is counterintuitive to our materialistic culture. He wants to release your grip on the things of this world. He does not want your life to be dominated by greed. He wants your life to be dominated by generosity. He does not want your life to be dominated by bondage. He wants your life to be dominated by freedom. We've said that there's three laws of natural balance that tie into the laws of personal finance. The first is to maintain a focus. If I take my eye off the dollar sign, then I'm in big trouble and I've hit myself in the head already with this. So I'm not gonna take my eye off, right? I'm I'm gonna maintain focus. And what we said, you have to maintain your focus on financially is you, you've got to be knowing where your money's going, all right? As corny as that sound, maybe sounds, maybe ridiculous as that sounds, you cannot manage your finances if you don't know where your money's going. And you say, well, Dale, that doesn't matter. I have all the finances I need. I I have no problems. Well, quite honestly, if you're in that boat, you might be the most wasteful person in the room. Some people are in that boat because they're the best stewards, managers, but that's not always the case. You see, in the Bible, there's over 2,000 scriptures tied to managing finances, managing the resources God has blessed us with. Jesus taught on money and the management of our resources more than he taught on heaven and hell combined. Combined. It's an important matter. Second, second principle, and that is that we must establish a clear objective, all right? My objective is to keep this vertical. 
If it goes horizontal, I have a problem, right? And so we said there's many objectives in our finances and, and practical objectives. And you know, I only, I only named really one, I think you could question whether it's a good objective. And, and I said, spend, spend, spend. You know, that's some of our objectives maybe. And, and um, again, just kind of being funny, but it's an old, old joke. You've never seen a trailer on the back of a hearse, Right? You might as well spend it before the end of your life. So spend, spend, spend. But provide for your family's needs is a very good goal. Becoming financially free is a very good goal. Now, by the way, that is neutral when it comes to morality. Financial freedom, I might not go that far. That is neutral when it comes to providing a boundary for you to live as a follower of Christ. There are people who are not followers of Christ who are very committed to financial freedom. Make sense? All right. So many, 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 many objectives. But what's the one clear objective? It's to honor God. David said, everything I have and everything I am comes from God. Now, David's the king of Israel. This is at the end of his reign, very successful. And he says to God, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the majesty. Yours is the glory. Not mine. I'm king. And people shut up when I walk in the room and people bow before me, but majesty, glory, power, honor, kingdom, they're not mine, God. They come from you. They're yours. So I just want to let you in on something. If you've made it big in life or you're on the way to making it big in life, God's given you both the opportunity and the ability to be where you are today. I said, Dale, you don't know my story. I've worked my rear off to get where I am today. Well, maybe God gave you the health to be where you are today. Third principle, make constant corrections. If I'm gonna keep this up, I have to make constant corrections. You see my hand. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of those constant corrections the principle for this that we, or the little saying is that, um, and now I'm drawing a blank. Thank you. Reap now. Reap, excuse me. Reap now. So that's right. Reap now. So later, so greater. And just dissect that a little bit. Reap now. Reap now. So later, so greater. That's wrong. So it should be, so now, reap later. (laughs) Throw that quote out. I don't think I can fix that today. Bottom line... Bottom line, unlike this, I think I can fix it. If I stop making constant corrections, that does that, right? And when does it do it? Now or later? Now. Finances aren't like this poll. There's very few financial decisions you will make that you make the decision and the next moment you're in disaster. We'll say, you might say, well, Dale, that's not true because when you sign that contract and you're bearing yourself in debt and you could give me lots of illustrations today, you're in disaster immediately. No, you're not. Because often months, years, pass before you reap the results of the financial decision you made years ago. Does that make sense? I'll never use that quote again. It's too confusing. All right. Today, 
we're talking about a constant correction that we make to experience financial balance. And the correction is to address debt in our lives. The correction is to get back in black. And and I'm just going to say that everyone in this room comes from different philosophies when it comes to debt. I know, uh, have friends in business and debt is their friend, okay? Quite honestly, especially big businesses. And they use debt to their advantage. School districts, through bonds and through, it actually benefits the school district to be in a certain amount of debt. If they're not in a certain amount of debt, they're penalized for it. It's kind of strange. There was a day in our country that to be in debt was something very negative, right? That's not the case today. Go to Credit Karma. Go to freecredit.com. I think that's freecreditscore.com. You know, debt and your ability to borrow is actually something very, very respectable in our culture today. The higher your credit score, the higher your line of credit, wow! God has a $100,000 line of credit that he can tap into at any time. It's kind of interesting that even though that might be our mentality in our culture, God has a very low view of debt. I'm going to read you four scriptures today. The first scripture is for the people of Israel when they were claiming the promised land. And the first scripture is in Deuteronomy 28.12. 28.12. The Lord will open to you his good treasury. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Why? Why did God not want the nation of Israel to borrow? Why did God welcome them to be the lender, but not the lendee? The reason is, is he wanted the nations of the earth to look at his people and to say, wow, their God is good. Their God provides. Their God meets their needs. You can lend, but don't be a lendee. You see, in our world today, there's two ways to get ahead financially. Two ways to get ahead financially to improve your standard of living. The first is quite simple, to save, to invest, to work. It's very, very slow. To save to invest, to work. It's very, very slow. The second way to improve your standard of living is to go into debt, to sign your signature, maybe just check the box online these days, right? And it's very, very fast. In fact, it's that quick. In fact, rocket mortgage which is part of the Quicken group. Listen to the name. I have a home loan through Rocket Mortgage. Almost all of it is done on an app. It's very simple. And literally within minutes, you can be approved for a mortgage. Improve your standard of living, save, work, Invest slow. The other option is to go into debt and it's very, very fast. Proverbs 22, seven. Here's another scripture. 22, seven. 
The rich rules over the poor. By the way, this is written by um, one of the wisest men who has ever lived. The Bible says that anything he laid his eyes on, this is Solomon, anything he laid his eyes on, he could have it just like that. Give me five of those and four of those. I want it. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave to the lender. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. You know, what puts us in slavery? Is it because we cannot feed our family? I'm gonna say that's normally not the case. Is it because we're trying to put a roof over our head? You're gonna say, well, Dale, yeah, that's the case. Well, guys, as I said earlier, there's many different thoughts about debt in this place. I have no problem with people getting a loan for a home. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It grows in value typically. Be wise when you get any loan. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've dealt with and helped get a handle on their finances whose car wasn't close to being worth what they owed on it. We have a term for it. You're upside down in your car, right? It's not a good place to be. A slave to the lender. We don't like to say it, but maybe we're a slave to Best Buy. We're a slave to Apple. You know, we did the 24-month interest-free or 36-month interest-free or, or, you know, interest-free until 2024 interest-free, Right? We filled our home with furniture, interest-free. But you know, once you have this interest-free and that interest-free and this interest-free, you know what it still is? It's debt. Well, I buy tires interest-free, but I've never once in my life gone over the interest-free period. And I don't have multiple interest-free accounts going at one time. Guys, let me just be clear to you, and you can call me a hypocrite. I'm not out of debt at this moment. I've lived on both sides of the out of debt experience. And I can tell you this, there's great freedom. There's low pressure. Freedom, not just in... um, If your spouse loses their job, you actually can make it, right? That's freedom, is it not? Freedom in if God calls you to move to the other side of the world or the country, you can actually obey him. Is that freedom? Most missions agencies will not allow their missionary to sign on with them with debt, The borrower is a slave to the lender. We don't go into slavery because of hunger. We go into slavery because we want things and we want them now. We consume ourselves into slavery. We spend ourselves into slavery Listen to Proverbs 25, 28. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. There's a word for a city left without walls. The word is exposed, exposed. There's risk. A lack of self-control results in risk. A lack of self-control can result in exposure in the area of finances. That is definitely the case. I wish I had my stool this morning. Kevin asked me, do you want your stool? I said, no, but you guys look depressed this morning. And so when you look depressed, I sit down, right? You know why I sit down? 
because I'm in this with you. The, the language I'm using is not I've arrived and, and you, you guys are in a mess. No, God wants something for us, right? He doesn't want something from us. You say, Dale, you don't know my financial situation right now. All this talk about being debt-free, it's foolishness. You don't know where I find myself. Oh, I'm telling you, we serve a great God. A great God. And he loves for us to embrace him and trust him as we step into a God-sized challenge because God-sized challenges cannot be overcome by ourselves. We have to have help. And when we come to God and acknowledge to him, Father, I've made a mess of things. I need your help when it comes to my finances. I believe God responds. Why would he respond to help you in your finances if you're going to keep choosing to go into bondage and the slavery of debt? Why would he help you? You ever heard of tough love? You know, at some point in an adult child's life, and I would even say in a teenager's life, you have to let them fall on their face. You have to let them live with the consequences of their bad financial decisions or you will be bailing them out the rest of their life. I think God's a good parent and I think God blesses us by allowing us to fall on our face so that we will call out to him and desire change and desire help. And then he comes to our rescue. I'm so thankful God does not turn his back on us when we blow it. He runs to us because he has something for us. Romans 13, eight. Romans 13, eight. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. You see, there's a good thing that I know is a reality in most of your hearts. If you're a follower of Jesus, you desire to help people. You desire to be generous. You desire to be an investor in God's kingdom. You desire to support that person who needs help to go on a mission trip. You desire, your heart is stirred. But you see, debt robs us of the ability of following through on our desires. Does that make sense? God convicts you about something, your conscience, the Holy Spirit has moved in you and you want to obey, but literally you don't have the funds to obey. Your heart is stirred but you don't have the ability. I have no idea what the number would be. I wonder how many people in this room God has stirred your heart about going on a mission trip, but the resources aren't there. It's impossible. Just a little advertisement. We have scholarships available. We have people in this room who help others go on mission trips. So don't just write yourself off in regard to missions. But I'll be more drastic. There are some who don't believe they could ever go to the mission field because they don't believe they'll ever be out of debt. And you can be out of debt. It's a God-sized challenge. But God moves 
mountains. There's four things that I would recommend before we look at two positive scriptures full of hope. There's four things that I think you should do if you're serious, if God's stirring your heart right now. You know, James, the half-brother of Jesus says, to him who knows to do right, right, and does not do it, to him it is, say it loud. Y'all don't say that with excitement. He that, I'm going to quote in the King James, he that knoweth to do good and does it not, to him it is, oh, come on, say it loud. Thank you. That still lacked passion, but you know, what can I say? Sin is to choose our way over God's way. And when we know we're choosing our way over God's way consistently, even in this area of finances, there's one thing that we should do. And the words repent. God's changing our thinking on our financial habits. We acknowledge to God we're not doing what he wants us to do. And we ask him to forgive us. First thing, first thing, repent. It's a change of thinking that results in action. That's what repentance means. Second, come up with a plan. List all your debts on a piece of paper. As depressing as it might be, list all your debts on a piece of paper and come up with a plan to attack your debt. There's lots of ways of doing this and I'm not going to go into them this morning. Lots of, lots of ways. And I believe this is critical. Join a group. Join a group of people of like mind who are doing the same thing. Financial freedom is a great group to be a part of. You might say, Dale, that's so embarrassing. I'm not going to join a group involving my finances. You know, I mean, what are we going to do? Hi, my name's Dale and I'm a spendaholic, right? (laughs) Based on statistics, when it comes to marriage, being a spendaholic causes more harm in marriage than being a substance abuser. The top two reasons for divorce are sexual and financial. Just think about that. It's probably as uncomfortable for me to teach on finances this many weeks in a row as it is for you to hear me teaching on finances. But it's a spiritual matter, guys. It is a spiritual matter. If you have your Bible, look at Deuteronomy 15, 1 and 2. 15, 1 and 2. And while you're turning there, I will tell you the last step. The last step is set up an emergency fund. As long as you and I, if we live without an emergency fund, then every time you have a flat tire, you're going to go into debt. Every time you have a a plumbing problem, you're going to go into debt. By the way, there, there was this very cool thing when I was a kid that kept people from going into debt. By the way, people go in the most debt at Christmas and the most debt in the summer. The sad thing about that is just when you're about to be out of debt, and I'm talking about revolving credit, just when you're about to be out, you go back into debt. Well, you see, when I was a kid, there was this thing where you paid in advance and when you actually got the item, it was still new. It was called layaway. It's an amazing thing. I'm old enough, we actually did layaway when our kids were real young. Man, that's a word from the past, is it not? (laughs) Establish an emergency fund. $1,000 in a savings account will work wonders when it comes to going in debt. Think about it. All right. Deuteronomy 15, one and two. There was this concept 
called the year of Jubilee in the Old Testament. The year of Jubilee is seven sevens, and in the year after seven sevens, 49 plus one, 50, year of Jubilee, all right? But even more basic than the year of Jubilee was every seven years something happened in the nation of Israel. Chapter 15, verse one. At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release what he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor, his brother, because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. Now, let's just go ahead to the next passage because they go hand in hand. Look at Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25. Now, that first passage was the year of sevens and then this is the year of Jubilee. I have three different verses, verse eight, verse 23, and verse 28. You shall count seven weeks of years, seven times seven years, so that the time of the seven weeks of seven years shall give you 49 years. The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine. So my family owned an estate, a farm, and I could sell it or I could um, sell it to someone so that I have money to live on. But at the end of 50 years, all of the land went back to the original owners. See, in this context, the crazy, isn't it? In this context, the rich don't get richer and the poor don't get poor. It's strange. It's not capitalism as we know it. Why? Because you see, once upon a time, the people of Israel were in, anyone want to guess that word? Slavery. Bondage. And so every seven years and 50 years, the people of Israel were reminded of the freedom their great God had purchased for them. Let's read just a little further. For you are strangers and sojourners with me. But if he does not have sufficient means to recover it, then what he sold shall remain in the hand of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee, it shall be released and he shall return his property. If you're sly, you're thinking, well, Dale, what would keep someone, right? From going in debt and making a lot off their land in year 48, and then they get it all back in year 50. Well, you know, there's a passage just like that in the book of Romans. Paul said, Shall we sin that grace shall abound? I want you to think about that a moment. When you confess your sins, is God going to pour out grace on you? Is he? The answer is yes, by the way. Does God's grace flow freely? Don't answer this one. Do you sin more and enjoy sin and just party it up and sin all you want to because you know grace is coming? Hopefully your answer is no. God paid an incredible price that you and I might have freedom. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
And thank goodness that applies to the area of finances as well. God wants you free so that you can honor him with everything you are and everything you have. You are free because Jesus Christ shed his blood. He left heaven's throne. He gave his life that you and I might have life, abundant life, forever free. As our servers come forward to prepare for communion, would you just bow your head and pray with me? Father, we thank you. We thank you that regardless of the subject, regardless of the sin, regardless of our rebellion, there's forgiveness, there's grace, there's freedom in Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, I pray that as each believer comes forward today, each follower of Jesus comes forward today and takes this bread and dips it in this cup, Father, may we be reminded of the freedom that is ours in Christ. Father, we have failed you. Father, we have chosen our way over your way again and again in so many areas of our life. Father, we confess it to you right now. We confess our great need for you, your wisdom, your direction, and your forgiveness. Father, we love you and thank you that we are free in Jesus. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Won't you come? Well, good morning. Uh, before we leave this morning, I just want to recognize uh, a couple of folks. Uh, we've reached May. We were, we're like getting close to the end of May. School year is wrapping up, which I know that a lot of you guys are excited. Uh, students are all excited. Parents, uh, you're going to have a whole summer where they're home all the time. They're going to be in your space. They're going to be there to help you do all the chores around the house. It's going to be a great time for families to bond. But that time is upon us. And this morning, we actually have several people that are back in town. It's really good to see some faces. We have a lot of students that are in Colorado during the school year, and they're all back, so it's good to see you guys. We've missed you. So um, we also have some people graduating from high school this year. And graduation is such an amazing time. I know, as I say high school graduation, a lot of you guys have memories that pop up in your head. And great memories. High school is a great time. And we want to honor those that have graduated. And it's about more than just finishing high school and going off to college or going off into the world. As followers of Christ, right, we are sending as a church, we're sending these folks out into a broken and fallen world. You guys know the news, what happened last Friday, uh, Santa Fe High School. Uh, We live in in a messy, messy, broken world, right? And we're sending our students off into that world with the message of hope. And the only hope that we have for things to get better comes through Jesus Christ, amen? And so we're sending them off into this world where they can discover who it is that God created them to be and they can be a part of the redemptive process. So we wanna honor these folks uh, and just recognize them. A couple of them are here. And again, as the school year ends up, uh, some of them were at prom last night, we're out really late. Uh, so we don't have all of them here, but I know we have a couple. Eli, if you'll come up. Uh, Dakota, come on up, buddy. Uh, we also have uh, Vladimir Sanchez. There's a picture of Vlad. Let's go ahead and put that picture of Vlad up. He's not here. That's Vladimir. That's what he looks like. You may recognize him. You may not from that picture. But when you see him next week, tell him that you saw his picture because that picture is amazing. We love, we love Vlad. He's so mad. He doesn't even know it yet. Uh, <laughs> We also have a picture of Dakota. Look at Dakota. What a great brother. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to pray for you guys in a minute. 
but I have a book for you guys. I know you're finishing school and you're like, I don't want to read another book. Like, I get that, okay? Uh, but the purpose, uh, this book is called Mere Christianity. It's written by C.S. Lewis. Some of you guys, how many of you guys have read this before? Raise your hand if you've read this before. Okay. Uh, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. I think, I think if you see Dale after the service, you'll buy him all a book, right, Dale? Okay. Dale said that he's going to buy you guys this book if you haven't read it. It's a great book. Uh, but it's not one that you're not going to have to turn in a book report, I promise. Just put this on your shelf when you're ready to read it. It's a great, uh, very practical Christian apologetic book. So we want to give that to you, and you take that with you, uh, and hopefully it will encourage you as you seek to discover who it is that God created you to be. So we're going to pray for you. If my leaders, any of the volunteer leaders in student ministry uh, are here, we'd love for you guys to come forward and just kind of help me surround these students. I didn't warn my leaders, but, but if you want to come up, they're all mad at me probably too. So come stand up front in front of everybody. Yep, they're mad. All right, if you guys will kind of move in here. We just want to pray for you and send you out. God, thank you so much. Uh, For these two and for Vlad and for Maddie and for Chase who are graduating this year, we just pray that you will, uh, that you'll be with them, that you'll guide them, uh, Father, and that they can take the hope that they have in Jesus Christ out into the world. God, as they discover who it is that you created them to be and as they, as they head off to college, as they head off into the workforce, uh, God, that you will be with them and guide them. And God, we pray that the world is a better place and God, that the kingdom continues to advance through the work that you do uh, through these students. Father, we're uh, very grateful that you gave us an opportunity to participate in the discipleship process of these students, to partner with parents and uh, in sharing our faith with them and, and to set them on the gospel mission. So, Father, be with them, guide them, uh, Father, and may they always know that they have a church family behind them, praying for them and supporting them. God, we love these students. It's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. All right, you guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.